Hello everybody, hello everybody. Welcome to Hugh Church. Welcome to Hugh Church. We are a brand new church and we've been only around for a month. So you might be seeing things falling apart here and there. That's because we are just seeing this church take ground. And if it might be your first time here, and if that is so, I welcome you. We hope you find this place welcoming. For us, HUE, H-U-E, stands for heaven upon earth. Heaven upon earth. That's the vision God has given for this church. And it's our prayer and our belief that you would experience heaven today. That when you walk out from this place today, that you would carry heaven with you. So welcome to Hugh Church, Heaven Upon Earth. I noticed as you were greeting people, you were sharing some of these um, crazy jokes you might have heard about April Fool's Day. You might have been talking to other people, introducing yourself, sharing them uh, your name. Now, I also want to go ahead and introduce myself so you would know who I am. Now, I'm going to do something different today as I introduce myself to you. And we're going to have some fun. I'm going to sing a song, okay? I'm going to sing a song describing who I am. Are you guys ready? Now, you've got to help me, okay? When I sing a song, I want you to sing along with me so I don't feel alone. But this is a song describing who I am, okay? So let's hear it. Let's hear it, guys. I'm a nobody. Can't tell somebody. About us, somebody. Can we have the lyrics, please? Several everybody. I'm a nobody. Try to tell everybody about us, somebody that can save anybody. Sing it along. I'm a nobody. Try to tell everybody. About us, somebody that can save anybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. So that's who I am. I am a nobody. Uh, to trying to tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. You see, growing up all my life, I struggled with an imposter syndrome. I felt like I never really belonged anywhere. I was born in a family where my parents were very religious. They were Christian and they were pastors. And so everybody around me expected that I would be this well-behaved, obedient, imitable pastor's kid. But for me, I loved everything other than the church. I didn't belong there. I never felt I belonged in my family. And then I went to school and at school, I never felt like I belonged there. I felt like a misfit. Everybody around me, they were named Kumar, Raj, Kiran, and my name's Samuel David. I just felt like, what is this? Why am I so weird? Why can't I belong here? And then I went to grad school. I went to Boston. And I felt like I never belonged there. I was this handful of brown guys in the midst of a sea of non-brown people, I never felt I belong. And maybe that is you today. Maybe you feel the same imposter syndrome. You feel like you're not really fitting in anywhere. Maybe you're growing up with siblings, and you notice that all the other siblings get all the attention, but you're not getting much attention. Your parents treat you as though you don't exist. 
Maybe you're a single child, but your parents don't have any time for you. Or maybe you're a father, you're a mother, and you feel like you're never part of this relationship you have with your loved ones. Or maybe you're a single person, and you wonder why nobody notices you. Nobody accepts you. Nobody makes you feel belong. Maybe you're working, and at your workplace, although you work so hard, although you try so hard, nobody notices you. People treat as though you don't exist. Or maybe you were working, and you got laid off. They just treated you like a number, and said, you don't belong here, and they let you go. Whatever you might be going through, we all have this feeling that at some point we feel like we don't belong. Who am I? Where do I belong? Now, if you're feeling that way, I want you to know that you're going to walk today with that hope that you've been waiting for all the time. So please be patient with me as we expound and read what the Bible says, where you can find who you are going to be. We're continuing to read through the book of John. It's a book you find in the Bible, also called as the New Testament. And this is the story of a person that's being written here. We read from chapter 1, verse 19 to 28. And it says, and this is the testimony of John. This John is John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. So there are people coming and asking John, Hey, who are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? What's up with you? And then they compare him with many other people. The John here we are talking about is not the person who wrote this book. This book is named John, after the person who wrote that book. But the person here is another person, John. A John who was baptizing people, immersing people in water as a sign of their repentance. And they're asking him, who are you, John? And in this passage, there are many places Many people mentioned, many characters in this story, many references. And I want you to just pay attention so you see something beautiful emerging from this passage. First, they compare John with a person called the Christ. Are you the Christ? That's the question they ask John. Are you the Christ? Who is the Christ? As I was mentioning before, Christ is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew Messiah, the one who was supposed to come. 
you see the history of the jewish people was that every time they were in trouble they would cry out they would ask god god would you help us and god would send them a deliverer you might have heard of moses moses was an answer to the prayers of the hebrew people we are in bondage we are in slavery in egypt would you set us free god and when they prayed god sent them a deliverer they come to the promised land again they get into trouble the neighboring nations they attack them again they cry out to god god would you send us a deliverer and god would send them judges god would send them prophets god would send them these anointed people who would lead them to deliverance they keep falling in trouble again they go as captives into the land of persia again they cry out god would you deliver us and god sends them esther and mordecai and brings them back and protects them all through the bible we see god sending them deliverers and they had this prophetic understanding that god was going to send a deliverer once and for all a deliverer who is going to deliver them not from their not only from their enemies but from themselves who would deliver them from their own vices from their own wicked ways of living that is the christ the person who was supposed to come the expected one the anointed one is the christ and so they come to john the baptist and say hey john are you the christ and john says no i'm not the christ christ is a superstar i mean he is going to be this real deal I am not that. I am just an ordinary guy. I am not the Christ. Well, then they ask him, "Well, if you're not the Christ, are you Elijah? Are you are you that guy, Elijah? Who was Elijah? Well, Elijah again lived about 800 years before John's time. And what did Elijah do? Well, Elijah was a mighty prophet. He was one of these deliverer figures that God gave to the children of Israel. You know, this guy was so mighty that he would pray and God sends fire from heaven. And fire comes down. You know, people believe that Elijah, he actually never died. That one day a chariot of fire came from heaven took elijah in and just drove away into heaven and people thought that elijah has always lived maybe this chariot took elijah away and elijah was dropped off at some other place and they thought that elijah still lives even though it's been 800 years since he's been on the earth that elijah is still around and so when john the baptist shows up they ask hey are you elijah Are you that guy who brought fire down 800 years ago and who we think never died? Are you that person? And John is like, "What? That guy is a superstar. That guy, he was the mightiest prophet. I am not Elijah." Well, then they asked John, "Well, you're not Elijah. You're not Christ. Are you the prophet?" who is the prophet well once again the prophet was this expected person that was going to come you've heard of moses the 10 commandments well moses writes in deuteronomy chapter 18 that after moses god was going to send another prophet in chapter 18 verse 18 in deuteronomy i will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers and i will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that i command him moses was a great prophet and moses was writing that at one day god was going to send a prophet 
just like Moses. Just as how Moses went to the mountain, got the Ten Commandments, God was also going to send another prophet like Moses. And so they asked John, hey John, are you that prophet that is supposed to come that Moses talked about? This great mighty man? And once again John says, I'm not. I'm not. In fact, John goes on to say, hey, I'm baptizing with water, but there is a person coming after me. He's the real deal. I'm only baptizing with water, but he's going to do greater baptism with God's spirit. So then they look at John. They're perplexed. Who are you, dude? Like, what are you doing here? And if you look at who John is, even in this book, in the book of John, you know how John is described? John is always described in the negative. Who is John? Well, let me tell you who he is not. John is not. If we go through the list here, you know what we find John to be? John is not the light. John is not the Christ. John is not Elijah. John is not the prophet. John is not worthy. John is not the real baptizer anyways. So who is John? John is I am not. I am nobody. I am just a nobody guys. John is a nobody. What is also interesting about John is that this guy, when he was asked by people, what does he say? Well, let's hit the song again. Let's play the song, guys. I'm a nobody Trying to tell everybody About a somebody That can save anybody Sing it along! I'm a nobody Trying to tell everybody About a somebody that can save anybody Once more I'm a nobody Trying to tell everybody About a somebody That can save anybody Thank you guys, thank you, thank you So they ask him, who are you? He says, I am nobody and if you read through this book, this Gospel of John, just as how John the Baptist is described as, I am not, I am not, I am not. You know how Jesus is described? Well, if you go back to that list, John is described as, I am not the light, I am not the Christ, I am not the Elijah, I am not the prophet, I am not worthy, I am not the real baptizer. But then with Jesus, we find Jesus is, I am the Messiah. Jesus is, I am the bread of life. Jesus is, I am the light of the world. Jesus is, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is, I am the true wine. That's so beautiful. I am. Moses asked God, God, who are you? You know what God told Moses? I am. God is I am. Only God is I am. 
And John for us defines who the I am is. I am the Messiah. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am. Well, if God is I am, who is everybody else? I am not. If God is I am, then everybody else is not. I am not. So it can't be Iron Man who is like, I am Iron Man. I am not. He's just a person. Muhammad Ali, he said, I am the greatest. He is not. He has an expiry date, 2016. There is only one I am, guys. And that is God. God is the I am. And if God is the I am, everybody else is a nobody. And that's okay. It's okay to be a nobody. It's okay to not belong because there is only one person who is somebody. And that is God. You know where John was? If you read the passage, what does it say about John? Where was John working? In John chapter 1, verse 28. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Okay? There are so many places, so many characters, I don't understand. I get you. So let's look up the map. Where is Bethany? Where is Bethany? Can you see the map? You know, Bethany is on the other side of Jordan River. Where's Jerusalem? Right here. That's the capital city. And John is on the other side of the river. In other words, John is on the wrong side of the tracks. John is from the hood. Who is John? He's a nobody. And where is John? Nowhere. Where do nobodies live? In the middle of nowhere. Where John is in the Bethany beyond Jordan. That's the place that's kind of like the ghetto. <laughs> that's the place where you don't want to send your kids. That's the rough part of the town. That's the impoverished place. He comes from nowhere. You know, nobodies come from nowhere. They live nowhere. Nobodies, they don't chase influence. Nobodies are not seeking to be in the capital city. The people who came to John the Baptist, they came from Jerusalem. They came from a place of significance. They came from the capital hill. But John, in the middle of nowhere, being a nobody, living the life of a nobody, that's who John is. Maybe some of you feel like that. You've come here, and maybe you're never in the Bay Area. You just moved here. Nobody knows you here. Maybe you came from a different country. People can't even pronounce your name. But that's okay. We have John. John's a nobody. John has come from nowhere. And these people are asking, who are you, dude? What do we make of you? What are you doing here? What are you up to here? Then they ask him more questions. And then they say, well, so, you're a nobody, you came here, then why are you doing what you're doing? In John chapter 1, verse 25, it says, they asked him, 
then why are you baptizing if you are neither the christ nor elijah nor the prophet why are you baptizing you know the problem with john he's a nobody he's a nobody but he's doing something he's baptizing people in other words they are saying hey dude you're not the superstar we know you're not the real deal we know you 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 are just an ordinary guy so why are you doing what you're doing has it, have you ever heard that said to you dude you're a nobody why are you doing what you're doing man i mean you're not an einstein why are you studying why are you putting in all the hard work i mean you're not michael phelps why are you taking all your swim classes you you're not the great usain bolt why are you training to be an athlete i mean you're not going to get a 1600 on your sat why are you putting in all the hard work you're not going to be the valedictorian of your class so why put in all this work or worse still you know what they tell me pastor sam you're not a martin luther king why are you starting a movement you're not the great billy graham why are you preaching why are you doing what you're doing why are you doing what you're doing if you're not the great this is what the world wants the world wants greatness the world wants to see superstars the world wants to celebrate superstars the world wants to put these superstars on a pedestal and unless you are the superstar why are you doing what you're doing why are you at where you are you know why you know why john was baptizing even though he was not the real deal even though he's not the christ even though he's not the messiah the elijah or the prophet well it does say in the book of john in chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 there was a man sent from god whose name's john he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him you know why john was doing what he was doing because he was a man sent from god and we've talked about how this word sent is in the greek it is apostelmos apostelmanos apostelmanos is the word that we use apostles for a person who is sent by god in latin it's the word missio from which we get the word mission and this word is so important to us because for us we are living in mission cities you know the name of san francisco What was the original name of San Francisco? Mission San Francisco DSS. The original name of Santa Clara? Mission of St. Clair. These are named after people who lived a life of mission. San Luis Obispo, San Mateo, San Carlos, San Diego. All are named after people who lived a life of mission. So John the Baptist he's not the real deal he's not the Christ he's not the Elijah not the prophet but God sent him on a mission and that's why he's doing what he's doing so why are you coding in your company even though you're not the great Sergey Brin or Larry Page because God sent you there 
Why are you attending your classes even though you're not going to be the valedictorian of your class? Because God sent you there. Why are you working so hard trying to be a good parent even though you're not the great father or great mother? Because God put you there. You know why you're doing what you're doing? Because God sent you. And why did God send you? What, what did God have in mind to sending you to doing what you're doing? You know why God sent you? You know why God sent John the Baptist? Well, if you go back and read, it says, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He came as a witness about the light. He's not the light, but he came as a witness about the light to tell people about the light. Why? So that all might believe through John. In other words, you know why God put you in your workplace? So that everybody in your workplace might believe in God because of you. You know why God put you in your high school? Because everybody in your high school would come to know about God because of you. You know why God's putting you where he's putting you? Because he thinks because of you, everybody is going to change. Santa Clara is going to change. Barrier is going to send. Therefore, I'm going to take these people and put them here. That's God's plan. It's a big plan. And the funny thing is God uses nobodies to accomplish his plan. You know, the story of the Bible is a story of nobodies. All through the Bible, you see God uses nobodies. God uses people who are good for nothing. The story of the Bible is the story of the 99%. Not the story of the 1% who control 99% of the wealth. It is the story of the 99% ordinary people that God would pluck and do extraordinary things through them. You know the beauty of God? God turns a mess into a masterpiece. God brings beauty out of brokenness. God does the extraordinary out of the ordinary. God does the impossible through you and I. And so God sends John the Baptist believing that all people are going to believe in God because of this nobody. Because of this nobody who comes from nowhere, from the middle of nowhere, doing his thing. How is this going to work? How is this going to happen? How are all people going to believe because of this nobody? You know how it's going to happen? This is what it says. The way this is going to happen it, in John chapter verse one, uh, chapter 1, 22 and 23. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. I am the voice of one in the wilderness. So far, the author of this book, John, the disciple of Jesus, he used the word to describe God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The word came, became flesh, and dwelt amongst us. 
But John the Baptist, he says, I am the voice. So we have the word, but John is the voice. There is the word, but John is the voice. You and I are the voice. And when we speak, people hear the word. Let me share an illustration with you. How many of you like Lion King? Any fans of Lion King? I bet you can't be better fans than me and my wife. You know, we are such big fans of Lion King. I am named Simba, and my wife is named Nala. I mean, we love Lion King, guys. So in Lion King, there are many characters. There's the great Mufasa, who is the king. And then I love this funny character, Zazu. Hornbill, and Zazu goes around giving advice to Mufasa. And I want you to watch this tiny little scene from Lion King. And I'm going to ask you a question. Let's play it here. There's one in every family, Two in my And they always manage to ruin special occasions. And they always manage to ruin special occasions. What am I going to do with him? He'd make a very handsome throw rug. Zazu. And just think. Whenever he gets dirty, you could take him out and beat him. <laughs> so we have Zazu there, and we have Mufasa talking to each other. So who did you hear? You heard Zazu? Who did you hear? Mufasa? You know who you actually heard? Well, it wasn't Mufasa, but you heard James Earl Jones. Can we have the slide, please? James Earl Jones. You know who James Earl Jones is? He's the guy who provided the voice. Voice for Mufasa and voice for Darth Vader, Star Wars. Who heard Zazu? You didn't hear Zazu. You know who you heard? You heard Rowan Atkinson. Who is Rowan Atkinson? The Mr. Bean. But you see, every time we watch the movie, we only watch Mufasa, we only watch Zazu. But that's how the voice works. The voice speaks, but people hear Jesus. Even though James Earl Jones speaks, even though Rowan Atkinson speaks, people see Mufasa. People see Zazu. So when you go and be that nobody with a voice, who do people see? People see Jesus. This is how it's going to work. We provide the voice and God provides the words. Like John the Baptist, you provide the waters of baptism. But God provides the spirit that makes you and I live. Like John the Baptist, you bear witness. But God shines his light through that witness. Like John the Baptist, we become the hands and feet of Jesus. And Jesus brings healing and restoration to everybody you minister to. And the interesting thing about the Bible is that Jesus models this life for us. Jesus is not saying, be a nobody so I could be a somebody. Jesus, who was somebody, became a nobody for you and I. Jesus stepped down and he modeled the life of nobody for you. In Philippians chapter 2, we read verses 6 through 11, who Jesus... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. 
but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in a human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross therefore god has highly exalted him bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father so jesus who was god who has always been god he made himself a nobody and he humbled himself he came down on earth letting himself be rejected by people spit upon by people being called all kinds of names by people being called a nobody by people being cast away onto the cross for the world to see that they got a nobody on the cross he became obedient even to death on the cross for you and i and why did jesus do that so that through his life through his sacrifice through his death on the cross he could bring you to life so that you could have his life his significance that he always had and i don't know who, where you are in your life as you come in today i want to let you know that you can make this faith your faith that you could follow the example of jesus it's okay people might have called you a nobody but jesus says come i have come for you like a nobody so that i can make you somebody hallelujah and the way you have jesus in your life is very simple it takes a simple prayer inviting jesus into your heart saying hey today i'm going to give my life to jesus all it takes is saying jesus i believe you've come for me and you've died for me and if that is you take out your connection card say today i am deciding to follow jesus check that box and we will reach out to you we will follow up with you and we will help you begin this new life in jesus you know you might be thinking how do nobodies live in this world how can i get along being a nobody if you look at jesus he gave dignity to nobodies he made nobody a significant person because the only one who was somebody came down to con the form of a nobody and therefore as a nobody you have power to live in this world you know how nobodies behave in this world they behave radically they don't go, go around hurting each other they don't go around calling other people names if somebody says hey you're a nobody they don't respond back saying oh you're a nobody as well these nobodies they don't pick up troll wars on social media these nobodies they don't go around picking up all kinds of fights they respond the way jesus respond how do they respond well here let me read this for you from a prayer it says when there is hatred there's all love where there is injury forgiveness where there is error truth where there is doubt faith where there is despair hope where there is darkness light where there is sadness joy then so much not to seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand to be loved as to love for it is in giving that they receive it is in forgiving that they are forgiven it is in denying themselves 
that they are born to eternal life. This is the life of a nobody. They don't feel like they have any rights that they want to claim for themselves. They keep giving. They live a life of generosity. They have a voice and that voice matters. Your voice matters, friends. You might not be a great preacher, but your words can inspire somebody else. You might not be a great doctor, but your compassion can heal another person. You might not be a millionaire, but your generosity can make a difference in somebody else's life. You might not be the great parent, you might not be the great dad, you might not be the great mom, but your presence in your family is enough to change the destiny of your child. You have a voice. You have a role to play. You have a role to bring everybody to believe in Jesus. Will you be that? You know, today is celebrated as the Palm Sunday. Today is the day Jesus walked in. He walked into Jerusalem, to the place where everybody was gathered. And as Jesus was walking in, he was riding on a donkey. And he was, as he was riding on the donkey, everybody took out palm leaves. You got palm leaves, guys? Got palm leaves? Take them out. Everybody took out palm leaves. And they started cheering Jesus. And they started welcoming Jesus. And they started inviting him. They said, oh, come King, Jesus, come be Lord. And they started welcoming him. If you see this picture, this is how it probably would have looked like when Jesus came into Jerusalem on the Palm Sunday. People are having these palm branches. They are like waving. They are like welcoming. All hail King Jesus. Come ride, ride into Jerusalem as the rightful king. So how do you envision yourself in this picture? Are you this person clothed with great garments and then singing praises? I know some of you are like, yeah, I'm Jesus, right? I'm the guy. Everybody's got to praise me. Everybody's got to follow me. I'm somebody. You know how you picture yourself in this picture? I think a nobody is like this donkey. You know, it's like a donkey. Nobody cares. It's a donkey, it's a dog, it's a cat. It doesn't matter, it's just an animal. But that's the nobody. That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the object nobody really pays attention to. That's the animal, that's the creature in this whole plot that Jesus invites us to be. Be a nobody, that's okay. Why? Because I will ride on you. Because you will carry me. And when I am on you, Never in your life have people put their garments to ride on. But when I come on you, people lay their garments. So you can stamp on these garments. When I ride on you, you become a significant person. You will have a voice that changes people's lives. And so Jesus invites, come, it's okay to be a nobody. Can you play that song once again? That I'm a nobody. That's my message. That's my message for you. Everybody But a somebody Let's raise to our feet That can save anybody Who are you? I'm a nobody Try to tell everybody About a somebody Could you help me sing along? I'm a 
Come on guys, let's sing. Can't help everybody. But somebody that can save anybody. I'm a nobody. Try to tell everybody about a somebody that can save anybody. Love that. Give yourself a clap. We're going to sing a song. Let's wave our flags. Let's wave our palm leaves. And we're going to sing a song. And we'll close in a bit. Let's worship Jesus.